Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Star Trek Prodigy Season 1, the first Star Trek series made especially for kids. It is the 10th Star Trek series and debuted in 2021 as part of executive producer Alex Kurtzman's expanded Star Trek universe. Prodigy is the franchise's first animated series to solely use 3D animation. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Is it the first Star Trek show aimed at kids or is the animated show from the 70s take that honor? I think that was aimed at grown-ups that were fans of that show and it was a cheaper way of making another season. I think that's what was happening. I think you're actually 100% on that. I've watched uh, some behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, some documentary stuff, and that seems to be the consensus of there was a, a cry for more Star Trek and they didn't have the budget because all the sets had been destroyed um, to do another live action, but they could convince the actors to come back for some voice work. Uh, and Filmation was a very, very cheap studio at the time. Yeah, so I think that's what was going on there. I mean, this show has Dee Bradley Baker voicing a character, Murph, a alien that gelatinous. starts off <laughs> as a gelatinous puddle, a blob. Essentially, a he's like the Scooby-Doo of the show, or starts off that way. Like he's the dog character. Like he's the he's the pet. So they were clearly making a kids show with this, which is not a bad thing. I mean, this is a Star Trek show that is made for Nickelodeon. I mean, it is available Paramount Plus. I know that's where that's where we watched it, but this is absolutely a kids show. And I remember. The first image they put out, it had the logo and it had the cast. Different looking aliens. We had no context. We didn't know who they were. And I showed it to a friend of mine and he's like, that doesn't even look like Star Trek. And it's like, Star Trek's more than the uniforms because people tend to just think uniforms to starships and that's all that Star Trek is, where is. Star Wars is a lot more like down and dirty and all of that. So it was easy for people to make comparisons saying, hey, it looks more Star Wars than Star Trek. But the great thing, the time that we're living in now, I mean, back in the day, you'd get that slight overlap, one show ending, another one starting from next gen DS9 Voyager. But You'd get the uniforms, the starships, and yes, we got space station and DS9, but it all looked one way. Look at yeah. Picard. Look at I mean, lower decks, which I know we both love, but and, okay, that does look more like everything I just said. But yeah. with Picard, but- like the world building that we're getting, and we're seeing the Federation in Prodigy, but we're also seeing like another side. They are doing more world building now than has ever happened before. And I'll say on screen, I'm sure there's novels out there, there's comic books that would have expanded the world of Star Trek, but TV and film, nothing has come close to what we're getting now. Yeah, and it's funny you bring up Star Wars because speaking with some friends who 
all also watching this, we all made a very similar comparison, which is this is internally the Clone Wars, but for Star Trek. Because it's aimed at kids, it's skewed younger. You know, the episode lengths around 20 to 23 minutes, that kind of range. Uh, and it wraps up generally pretty cleanly, like any cartoon would. Then, you know, you get a few two-parters here and there. And there is a thrust to the whole season, which continues on. Uh, but you're still getting fairly self-contained episodes. But you're getting character growth. You're getting stakes. You're starting to feel things. You know, like they're aware adults are going to watch this. Probably, you know, hopefully, I'm sure they're hoping adults are watching this with their children. But it's it's working on that same level of like, yes, we understand it's a TV show, but just like great animated films of anything else, it it's aware of the other path the audience started tuning in. And by like the Justice League cartoons, of the late nineties and early two thousands and that all the DC animated stuff from that era. Um, if you give character development and that sort of stuff, those kids who started on it are going to stick with it longer because as they mature, the show is also maturing with them. Um, and given this C's first season took from 2021 to the start of 2023 to, for us to, get the first season it uh... oh it's because we we had to wait the audience and then i'm going to get to that release schedule because wow they they made us wait this show has kate mulgrew reprising her role as Catherine janeway we knew that going in and we knew she was going to be a hologram but oh, that's a fun way of having a connection to a previous star trek show in voyager but then the real Janeway is in it and she's older and she's looking for Chakotay. And they brought back Robert Beltran as Chakotay. So it looks like him, yeah. sounds like him. So there's definitely enough in here for Star Trek fans, but you're right, like for fans to sit down with their kids and watch it together. Hopefully. That is what is happening. But just like with Star Trek Lower Decks, which granted is free and loose and it's a comedy, but it, it is canon. It, you know, we've got like a, an upcoming crossover with Star Trek Strange New World Season 2. They're doing a Lower Decks crossover. I still don't know what that's going to be exactly, but Lower Decks is canon and that's great and it's very silly a lot more silly than you would find star trek to be anywhere else but this show just so you know where it takes place it's set in the year 2383 which is five years after the ending of voyager yeah that's where this show takes place a lot of fans have wondered what happened to chakotay uh, we know what happened seven of nine. We have Picard season one and two to answer that question. Uh, we know we had vague rec- knowledge of like Jan- January had been promoted to Admiral because she appears in Star Trek Nemesis, yep. like uh, communicating with Picard. So you're like, oh, she got back. She's been promoted. She's 
writing a desk. Uh, but everyone's always honoring like Paris. Paris has popped. Uh, uh, Lieutenant Paris has popped up in Lower Decks, so we know he's kind of doing the rounds as like a famous Starfleet officer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone's always wondered what on earth happened with Chakotay. He's not been. He's been mentioned, but not in the context of like, oh, he's off commanding this or this. This you get a response to. A definitive answer. Like, if yeah. you want to know what happened to Chakotay, just watch this Nickelodeon cartoon, which is yeah. an odd thing to say. But that's where you're going to find out what happened. Oh, man. Let, let me let me do the, the release schedule because we had... 10 episodes for the longest time. And and it's different when it's a kid's show because if this was a live-action Star Trek show, you could go online and probably have a good idea what's happening with the release schedule or anything to do with that. But because it's a kid's cartoon, not as much information was available, so we were just waiting. And I'm like, do we just review the 10 episodes? Do we wait? Yeah, I'm glad was, we waited. But... That was a debate we had for a long time because, yeah, it's like a, at least six months that we had 10 episodes. Oh, mate. So Prodigy premiered Paramount Plus October 28th, 2021, and the first 10 episodes were released until February 2022. The series began airing on Nickelodeon December 2021, then the next 10 episodes of the first season were released on Paramount Plus from October to December 2022. That was that was a big wait. Although we and we even found out in that time a second season is in production. Yeah. But we we were just waiting. And I've got to be honest, the second half. When we get Janeway as an actual character, not just as the hologram, it really yeah. kicked into gear. It became a different yeah. kind of a different kind of show, and it was less episodic that we got with yeah. the first ten episodes. I mean, the series was met with positive reviews from critics, and has received several accolades, including a children's and family Emmy award. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's 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 handled really well because Paul Dini has said this in uh on the Kevin Smith podcast when he was make, working on Batman the animated series and other TV series at the time. I think Ben 10 was something he worked on as well. They were targeting a certain age demographic which and they allowed them to do character uh development and they kept the, and they uh, allowed the things to get a bit darker and heavier because they were aiming kind of like queen like between 10 years old and 14 years old like and because of that spectrum and the kind of um mental changes that happen over there you have to have and you can't talk down to them you've got to uh start giving them some uh, proper juice like this one something that the harry potter mo- uh, novels do so well as the characters age so does the the content get more and more darker and more serious this does the same thing it's 
you feel it's that first half of the first season, things aren't uh, there's silliness. You're getting uh, familiar with these characters. Um, you've got Dow who he's making the sort of why people are listening to him. Like he's not the oldest, I don't think, on the <laughs> other crew, um, but. They listen to him. Uh, you can see his insecurities and that sort of stuff, but he makes the mistakes and learns the lessons, and they they move on from there. The listens stick. It's not like he's making the same sort of mistake three episodes later. He's making a different mistake, but he's it's it, uh, another mistake, but it's a different mistake. Well, that's true. Um, and they all progress on this level, uh, which you know it again. Like, I think it really works, and it's why it's probably received those accolades because too many kids shows these days it's just digestible and that's it and it's throwaway like yeah yeah i reckon this is a show if more people like star trek fans gave it a go they'd realize actually they'll find things to enjoy when it was first announced and hearing it was going to air on nickelodeon i honestly thought it was going to be skewing not quite preschool but i thought it was going to be younger than what it actually is because you're right there's a message characters learn that message and show growth and then they're developing the moving forward but there is a message but the show it also it it has it has an edge to it and there's there's that there's some fist pumping moments as well like when when you've got them coming under fire, because again, the second half of the season becomes a different kind of show and there's a lot more battles and the Federation's involved. And when the Federation are in trouble, but then it is quite basic as well, though, where you've got the uh, the main threat and it is taking over the Federation. So the lights on the Federation ship are blue. They arrive. They've been taken over. The lights turn red. Okay. Yeah, that's it's very easy to follow, but it's yeah. building that threat. And I've got to be honest, I was like, yes, when the Klingons arrived, <laughs> the Klingon bird of prey, and they were protecting the Federation. Ah, oh, there's some good, good Star Trek moments in here. But the the creators, the showrunners, Kevin Hagerman and Dan Hagerman, professionally known as the Hagerman brothers, looking at Projects that they're best known for. TV series Ninjago, Troll Hunters, Tales of Arcadia, of course, Star Trek Prodigy, as well as feature films, Hotel Transylvania, I believe the first one, the Lego movie, the Lego Ninjago movie, a live-action horror film, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, animated film The Crudes A New Age. That's a pretty impressive resume and then the guy's now working on prodigy yeah and clearly clearly star trek fans as well because they deliver on all the the messaging correctly um even janeway i mean i know kate mulgrew's come back uh to voice her but they've kept the mannerisms for her correct um the voice difference between hologram janeway and actual Janeway, you can hear the experience 
on actual Janeway because she's grown past the idealized like Voyager version that and that's all like gunk or gumption and all that sort of stuff in the hologram version. And then like spoilers for how the season ends, and it shouldn't matter because Janeway doesn't go anywhere, but hologram Janeway has to sacrifice herself to save everyone. So just and- yeah, but on that though, Janeway does go somewhere because you're right. We've still got Janeway that we first met in Voyager, but the hologram and the whole thing is, and she knew, and she said to Dal and the crew, like, just I'm going to save myself onto this drive, take it with you, and we'll all be safe. And then she appears to them later saying that because I'm not who I once was when you first met me. I've grown and therefore I'm too big to I'm too big to fit on the device. And she does, she goes away. That's like yeah. we do we do lose that character. Because and very good that you pointed that out, but it isn't just a hologram of Janeway. They end up being two different characters. And the yeah. performance from Mulgrew, yeah, she's playing them differently. Yeah, yeah. And it's I was actually I was genuinely sad. I'm like don't 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 do this. Have some bullcrap way like the flight recorder's preserved and she's fine. Like nope, nope. Like like good Star Trek, a, a, a sacrifice had to be made and it was made and that character's done. It's gone. Yep. It's like because the stakes were high. The stakes were you know, as high as a season finale for Star Trek Discovery. It was you know. Uh, federation ending threat. Um, yeah, it's and you know who's the person responsible for this? It's uh, John Noble. Oh, John <laughs> Noble. You know, for the longest time, I didn't actually know he was Australian because I knew him from things like Fringe. Like <laughs> he was excellent yeah. in Fringe. I think that's where I first first noticed him. But yeah, and then you, all these years later, finding out he's actually Australian. Yeah. But he's got such a great voice, uh, and like, especially for a villain, it's rich. It's got a great timbre. There's some real malice to the edge of it. Like, oh, and oh, he's perfect. He plays, he's, yeah, the diviner. Uh, I'm not. Sh- I think they give, do give you his actual name throughout the season, but as for all intents and purposes, he is the diviner, whose race in the future, uh. Starfleet makes first contact and they start debating whether they should join them or not. And that creates a civil war and they end up basically wiping themselves out before the Federation comes knocking again because they couldn't interfere because that is a Starfleet thing. We cannot interfere with the development of another um, culture, whether they're warp capable or not. Like, you know, until they've actually joined the Federation, they run themselves. So they couldn't make the decision for them. They couldn't pick a side because they'd probably naturally, you know, they'd like be called out to, oh, you're serving the side who wants us to join you. Like they don't do that sort of thing. You kind of you work it out and get back to us, whether it's like a yes or a no, it's, a, it's on you guys. And so they travel back in time to. They didn't want to travel back in time. Their weapon, Chakotay, gets one over on them. And sends the proto star back in time where they can't. Hopefully, he thought they wouldn't be able to reach it. Um, which, oh, again, all that's so Star Trek. The ship looks great. 
looks very like appropriate doesn't look too futuristic or anything has the right design language for a, a, a typical star trek show uh ship but not one that we've seen before um yeah it's that's that, that and you only get that information in the back half of the season when he uh the diviner ironically has been rescued by actual janeway but he doesn't have any memory and you're like she's protecting the thing that's going to kill them all yeah and she doesn't even know it and then he slowly starts to remember his daughter gwen gwen had infiltrated dal and the rest of the crew yeah there's there's so many layers to what's going on here but just when you were talking then about star trek and this being canon and references to wider star trek i've got to be honest i didn't pick it but i read it online i thought oh that's pretty cool episode 12 let sleeping borg lie at a point in the episode jankum pog mentions transparent aluminium yeah did yeah, that ring a bell that. for you yeah yeah this Very is a reference it's a reference for star trek for the voyage home where bones and mccoy while they were in the 20th century gave the formula of the chemical structure of transparent aluminium to a manufacturing company to create the tank they needed to transport whales to the 23rd century i mean yeah. that's that's Classic track. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really cool that that's um, that's something that they that they reference. Oh, actually, the first half of the season when we got all those cameos. Oh yeah, on the holodeck program. On the holodeck, and you're like, what is what is happening? James Duhan as Montgomery Scott, and this is all archive audio. Nichelle Nichols, Ahura, Leonard Nimoy, Spock, Gates McFadden, Beverly Crusher, and just, Odo gets yeah. gets an appearance. I'm like, oh wow, this is uh, this is really cool. Yeah, and it it works so well. Like they 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 did a great job of pulling audio to to respond to him. Which, ironically, the fact that they pulled archived audio fits even better for a holodeck program. Well, it's perfect, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's what the it characters is are doing. Simulation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's um, and that was that was great as well. There's some great growth there for Dow of like the Kobayashi Maru. He doesn't understand that it's a no-win scenario, so he just keeps going through it over and over and over and over again to prove that it can be done and that he's a good captain. And then when he finally actually achieves it, he hits the wrong button and accidentally destroys the ship anyway. And then that's when he's finally had it, and the computer explain. Uh, anyway, explains it, it's a no-win scenario. You're not supposed to win it. Like it will always alter itself. Yeah. So you can't win. <laughs> and that was the whole thing, wasn't it? Like Kirk cheated. That's how. That's how he won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He altered the the program to, um, give the option that it could be beat. Um, and Dal has to learn that the hard way. You know, with Dal being a augmented human, reminded me of number one, Strange New yeah. Worlds. That's yeah. what's happening there with 
with her character. So that's what I'm really enjoying about it. Like, yes, it's a fun kids cartoon, but it's proper Star Trek. Like, it's yeah. not just Star Trek in name only. And I've got to be honest, again, going back to that first image they released, civilian clothing, random looking group of aliens. Is this just going to be a show called Star Trek? But then as you watch it now, this is proper Star Trek. Yeah, and you've got Zero as well, who is, she's non-corporeal. She's like an energy cloud that runs around in like a exosuit, um, which I'm positive I've seen the episode where that comes from. I believe it was the next-gen episode where they're stuck in a nebula or something and they come into them and they wanted to initially to take over the people on the ship but they managed to communicate like no 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 like you can't go taking over our crew but we'll organize to get you transported somewhere so you can have a ship and explore and that sort of stuff um that gets picked up that's what zero is i remember that episode <laughs> that is cool like, i didn't i didn't realize yeah yeah, yeah. it's um yeah great it's again deep cuts like that's it was a one-off throwaway episode of next gen but the the writers were like no 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 we, we got something for this we can use this um should also mention uh brett gray uh does the voice of dal as you said d bradley baker um the voice of the clones himself playing murph who doesn't actually have dialogue uh you got rock tark uh, voiced by Riley Alazraki. Uh, she's the big hulking rock girl who they just make her security because because of her because of her size and and strength. Her episode, or well, oh. well, it's all of them really. We're finding out all their yeah. backstories, and yeah. oh yeah, her story, and that she didn't want to just be the bad guy, like the threat, and it turns into a, a comedy routine, but then she gets less of a reward, there's less food, until eventually they they part ways. You know, just having all the characters just communicate in, in English, and you take it for granted, because that's just, that's the show. Like All the characters are on the ship and they're interacting, but when the translator isn't working and they can't communicate like they were before, and there's growls. There's oh, that, that was a really, a really cool thing that they did there. But yeah, she's a great character, and she's interested in science, not security. That's what Murph's for. He's gonna yeah. be the security officer now. He's he's well, he's changed shape, hasn't he? He's evolved. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you get the uh the episode for her, the mind walk. Uh. No. Uh, which is the one that's like the all the backstory? Uh, it's one of the last episodes, isn't it? Yeah. Ah, it's called Preludes. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say. I just yeah, yes, that is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then they get that time warp episode, which was oh, was that the same episode? Uh, looking through my notes, I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing. There's a mind walk episode. Is that do you mean mind walk? Yeah, but that's when they switch 
Janeway and Dow's mind. Oh, that's when it's Freaky Friday. Yeah. Yeah, that is a bit earlier earlier on, isn't it? Because he messes things up for them. Yeah, as Janeway. It yeah, it must. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the episode. They get caught in a temporal uh, effect. And they're all stuck in their own on the ship. And only Janeway can communicate with them all. But they're moving at different speeds. You've got um, Jank and Pog is the fastest. So he figures out what's going to happen first and what the danger is. And you've got Rock Tark is the slowest. Um, and, you know, everyone else figures out the bits and pieces she needs to know. But Janeway can't communicate with her by then because she's been disabled. Uh, and so she uh, got, only got enough where she has to figure it out. And they're like, how long was she alone? And they just say too long. Yeah. But it could have been years and years and years. It's such a very Star Trek thing. It's like she had her own little, like, the inner light episode. Like when uh, Picard gets hit by that alien probe and lives an entire lifetime. Um, And then... Like he gets the flute at the end because he experiences like the last days that she had that. No one is aware of how long, she, long enough for her to master of mathematics and a bunch of other skills to be able to fix the ship. But yeah, it's just again that is like top shelf Star Trek, and we got it on this a kid show. Yeah, I mean he's he's doing a lot, and that's what I'm saying. It really. Should and hopefully it is reaching a wider audience. The score or the the main theme, Michael Giacchino, incredible! Oh wow! The main theme that we're getting from him here is absolutely fantastic. It is such a good theme, but because we've got Janeway, they lean heavily into Voyager, which I love. They do, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is so good. As they should as well. I mean she's one of the characters. Like, you know, you need a you need a uh, a touchstone when there's something familiar. Otherwise it's almost strange that it's not there. Um but yeah, the, the show's music's great. The writing's really good. The all the voice talent's really good. I mean Jason Matsukas, who plays Young and Pog, is just Jason Matsukas. Oh, yeah. Tell it. You can, he instantly, <laughs> the second he opens his mouth, you're like, I know who that is. He's amazing. Uh, yeah, he is. <laughs> He's got such and a distinctive his, voice. Yeah, but even when you get his backstory, heartbreaking. Like, yeah. He's the only, like, in a, like a like year, years-long voyage in cryosleep. He gets woken up, can't, traveler's style, with... um. Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence and has to fix the ship for everyone. And then when he's finally finished, there's not enough oxygen for him to go back in the cryo. So he has to leave and then he gets enslaved. You're like, wow. Yeah. yeah. No need to pull punches there, Star Trek. Like, thanks. I know it's a kid's show, but <laughs> you, know, you go, you do you. <laughs> and none of the crew would have known of his great sacrifice. And of course, yeah. that is, no, his friends. No. And that, and that's it. Like he's, it's tragic. And then when we get to the to the finale, is that whether or not they can join Starfleet? And the answer is 
technically no, but five of them out of the six, so not including Gwen, can serve under Janeway on her ship, which we don't see what it's going to be. Like, oh, what's what's that? And she's like, oh, no, I've got something way better. And it, that's where the series ends. But all crimes, and there were many, that were stacked against <laughs> them are dropped. And and they made a good point. Like, it wouldn't be fair for other Starfleet applicants that potentially could have got turned away. Anyway, it worked yeah. out for the crew, said already we're getting a second season, which I'm very much looking forward to. And on that, though, if you're going to rate season one out of five. Coming in, and this is from an adult's perspective, I'm going to come in fairly high as a, at a four of, out of five. Um, it really is like good Star Trek. Um, not not kitty Star Trek, good Star Trek. It, there are more good episodes in this first season of Prodigy than there were in the first season of Star Trek Next Generation. That sounds like I'm being like uh, filling this show with hyperbole. But if you ever go back and watch Next Gen first season, like I have, there's really only like three or four episodes that are good. The rest of them wow. are pretty <laughs> pretty painful. Really? This oh. yeah. This on the other hand, I mean they they really do a great job over the over the course of this first season. You get great character development. You get um, lost for all of the characters that they have to move past. Um, you, yeah, I'm really looking forward to. It. Again, if you've watched Star Wars Rebels or the Clone Wars, it's got it hits that same level of like a serious tone. Not too serious that kids can't watch it because it is aimed younger. But the development, just yeah, I really enjoyed it. How about yourself? If we would have done what we talked about potentially doing at the mid-season mark, just reviewed the first 10 episodes, I probably would have come in at maybe a 3, possibly a 3.5, but more than likely a 3. Season 1 as a whole, just like you, 4 out of 5. It really does hit stride from that mid-season break onwards and again it's less episodic but we do get those episodes which is classic star trek but yeah. you've got more of that through line the actual janeway is involved and then again you've got the klingons it's it's a lot of fun and it may seem high to people who haven't seen it but yeah four four out of five this is a good star trek show and i'm enjoying all the different flavors of star trek that we're getting we're awaiting another season of Discovery. Season three of Picard, which is essentially the next generation, like continued. Yeah. Everyone's back and more strange new worlds, more lower decks. Ah, oh, so much Star Trek. Like it's like, again the best time to be a Star Trek fan. But Prodigy, honestly, is up there with some of the best TV Trek. We're getting right now, and before watching it, I think maybe I I had every intention of watching it, but maybe I dismissed it a bit too early, thinking it was just going to be kiddie, whereas it's a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Well, that's it for our episode all about Star Trek Prodigy Season 1. If you'd like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon.